Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of Canadian Gamers. And my little cat's beside me, already wanting to say hello. This should be the last one we do where I'm all by myself, all by my lonesome. It's episode 89 of Canadian Gamers, believe it or not. And this one was put together by Steven, and he should be making his triumphant return rather shortly, actually. And Ahmed will as well. So we're going to have a full house uh, before you know it. So I thought it would be interesting if Steven put together the podcast, and that's exactly what he did. So since it's Canadian Gamers, we're going to be looking at a little bit of everything, as per usual. He put together a bunch of topics, and I haven't prepared anything, because that's the way I roll. No, that's actually not entirely true. Okay, so he wanted to always start off um, with what we're playing. So I'll start with, with what he's playing. He's like, you have to mention this. So he's playing Ever Oasis, which he calls the greatest game of all time. And if you don't know, Steven, pretty much anytime there's a new 3DS game that's made by Nintendo that comes out, it's pretty much guaranteed to be the greatest game of all time. He's a self-proclaimed Nintendo fanboy. And yeah, so that's pretty much, that's pretty much it. That's one of those games where I haven't had a chance to really look too much into it at all. And um, I don't know, he's just been saying that it's like wonderful, it's amazing, it's got dungeon crawling elements, it's got team, uh, not team, but uh, town building elements, it's got all these different things. He's like, it's just, it's it's the greatest thing since sliced bread. So he's already put in like 526 million hours and uh, it doesn't look uh, like he's going to stop anytime soon. So it's most likely going to be his contender for Game of the Year. We'll destroy Zelda, Horizon, everything. It's going to be his number one. And I wish I was joking, but alas, I'm not. So for me, I've been playing... I was playing a lot of Disgaea 5. I've slowed down with a Disgaea 5 ever since uh, Breath of the Wild's DLC pack 1 was released. The Master Trials, I think it was was what it was called. And I went through that, got the Master Sword super powered up, and really funny that, I did a whole review on it, but I I thought it was really, really funny because the first set of trials, they're broken up into three different sets. So you have beginner, middle, and final trials. And the beginner trials I actually found were the hardest trials of all. Because as you progress, the game's really nice and actually gives you a lot of different things that you can mess around with. And yeah, so I went through all of that and now I've just been messing around a little bit, exploring different areas with the cool new map system. It shows you where you have not been. So I've been just messing around, going around, getting some Korok seeds and just, just, you know, really relaxing, having a good time. Been doing a lot of reading, um, uh, for work and stuff like that. And I've actually taken on another role. I'm now the vice president of a brand new corporation that we just open. We're filing for all the information right now. So I don't want to, don't want to reveal too much about that, but it's a Canadian corporation that's looking at, um, a very, very high level, um, society related, how can I say this? Trends and uh, seeing like how we can help, how how we can essentially help the government in in making sure that, for example, bachelor and master's degrees don't reach a saturation point. Because right now, that's something that's been happening a lot. Uh, I primarily work at for McGill University, and right now, it's unbelievable what's uh, what's going on with them. So, I mean, this is sort of uh, something I'm doing on the side. I also do my consulting. I'm also a board member 
of the um, of a of a nonprofit corporation as well. So I've been really busy. Needless to say, okay, I've been really, really, really busy. So I've just been waiting. Uh, patiently for the right times to, uh, to game, basically. I've been playing, you know, less and less as of late, but with the summer here, I have a little bit more free time. So you've probably noticed that there's been an increase in videos over the last, like, two weeks, and most likely that's gonna continue, um, for the, at least for, for the next couple of weeks until my, uh, you know, my schedule starts ramping up in September. So that's pretty much what I've been doing, and it actually ties in a lot with the very first topic that Stephen wanted me to discuss, which was, and I'm just going to quote him here, this is what he wrote, he's like, has Jared lost his passion? No more Saturn days, barely any videos other than Dragon Quest, which is something he's highly passionate about, not much effort going into the video portion of podcasts, he used to do, and I wrote this, I used to do uh, full Let's Plays for podcasts, and now I, now I don't bother, I'm just like a monster, I'm a horrible person, terrible human being. Uh, so, uh, what's the deal with this? Well, I just sort of kind of explain what's been going on and for the most part uh, that's pretty much it is just the fact that essentially i have four full-time jobs now three would be more realistic with one being more volunteer based so that's a lot i've got a lot on my plate right now and i'm trying to be the best possible um, person at all these different jobs um but outside that you've seen Quite a bit of uh, video increases uh, as of late. I've been reviewing, I reviewed The Binding of Isaac, um, Cave Story, also did some unboxing videos, did a Castlevania review for the Netflix show, and then of course Retro Wednesdays has been focusing primarily on the Final Fantasy series as of late, but it's still, we're still on the PSP bandwagon. I don't know for how much longer. What I was thinking of doing is uh, come around September time, maybe it would be kind of cool to review all of the uh, games that are on the uh, SNES Classic that I don't already have reviewed. So unfortunately, that means no Zelda for Jared. But yeah, there's a lot of other games on there that I haven't reviewed, and I think that could actually be kind of cool. And uh, I'm going to keep going with the PSP stuff, uh, like I said, until that point in time. And, And... you know, I'm coming to the end of the PSP stuff that I really, really wanted to tackle. There's still, I mean, I could be doing this for five years. There's so many games, but I think for, for now, I'm, I'm going to probably start to wind down with those, with those particular ones. And then I do my, uh, let's play Dragon Quest 10. And I, I mean, we have content now all the way into August for that. Uh, I've got a few things that uh, are going to be coming back. Saturn Day is coming back. He wrote, you know, no more Saturn Days. Well, that's going to be coming back shortly. I don't know. Like, I'm still trying to figure out how I can manage all of this. It's it's the time that's really been um, really been against me. So I'm trying to figure that out. There's also Dragon Quest Eleven is going to be coming out um, towards the end of July, early August, and I'd really like to have something up for that not not just the unboxings and all that stuff which i'm going to have but uh let's play of that has been like really requested people are really interested to see that so i'm gonna see what i can do with that so there'll 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 definitely be something going on with that um but that's pretty much that you know i'm gonna be reviewing more new games as i get them and as i play certain games That's just only natural. So, I mean, there's Super Mario Odyssey later this year that I'm really looking forward to. There's the Rabbids game 
that sort of plays like XCOM that I'm really interested in, which will be uh, coming out in August, I believe. So there's there's definitely content coming. And like I said, Saturn Day will be making its triumphant return. Um, well, at the time you guys watch this, it will actually be this coming Saturday. I will have my very first review out. And, and yeah, in a while. And it's actually one that was really highly requested. So that'll be, uh, that'll be interesting. And, uh, and then we're going to go from there. So, um, what he was mentioning about the video portion of the podcast, um, I'm probably, you see, here's the thing. What I could do is I could use footage from the SNES classic for those games that I have already reviewed. Uh, it just gives me another excuse to go through like a link to the past. And I know like, you know, you guys have seen me go through that before, but I might just do it anyways because it's a game I absolutely adore. So I don't know. I, I'm, I'm, I'm wondering. I was even thinking of maybe even doing like a let's play of that and just streaming maybe like a four hour stream or something and finish the whole bloody game the way I normally, um, play it. But, yeah, I don't know, um, if anyone's even interested in that or not. Uh, Link to the Past is like my game. I, probably suck now i haven't played it now in a little while um but who cares it would actually be a really really interesting thing but i'm looking at the calendar for the months ahead and stuff and that's that's really what i want to try and do is something like that like maybe we can go through like super metroid and and you know um super mario world super mario world 2 and and whatever like just a bunch of different games i I don't know i really don't know what what i'm gonna do with that um, but everything takes time, and that's the that's the real crux of this. That absolutely everything takes a lot of time. And considering what I'm doing right now, I'm I'm pretty much getting into the executive phase of my life now, where I'm moving um, away from you know either low level or mid level management. I'm starting to get really involved in in different things. So. Uh, becoming a vice president of an organization is not an easy thing. I'm a principal uh, consultant and co-owner of a consulting firm, and I'm moving in um, with with McGill University into the executive level now, um, uh, sitting on Senate and, and getting really involved in inter-faculty uh, projects and programs. So needless to say, uh, like I, I'm moving into a different phase of my life right now, and I need to figure out how I'm I'm going to manage all of this. This uh, this show, this channel, this website, this all of this stuff is is primarily uh, you know it's a hobby, right? And I I really enjoy it. This is sort of my way of relaxing from the stresses of work. So obviously I don't want that to go away because it's a great stress relief. It's just the fact of um, committing to schedules and stuff is extremely hard to do. So yeah, so that's pretty much it. Um, it, There's absolutely no loss of passion whatsoever. If anything, I'm probably more passionate now than I've ever been because I'm using it as this awesome stress reliever. So, you know, it's like I I love what limited time I have to play these games. Um, It was really unfortunate today, actually, as I'm recording this, I I wanted to either get a, a Saturn review done or to work on some more retro reviews, but unfortunately, I had to work on one of these other organizations. So I was like, damn it, I had a few conference calls I needed to make, but c'est la vie. All right, so next topic. Switch games are currently $100 in Canada for pre-orders. This includes the likes of Super Mario Odyssey and everything else, pretty much. Are we going back to the 90s where games were super expensive? I remember playing, excuse me, I remember paying 
$120 for Nintendo 64 games and $85 for Game Boy Advance games. I have Super Mario. Oh, no, this is me. Sorry. <laughs> so that's what he said. And, uh, here's one that I've, I've mentioned multiple times before, but nobody ever believes me is I still have a copy of Super Mario Brothers 3 sealed with a price tag of $99.99 from Zellers on it. And I got it when it was reduced to, I forget what it was, like 25 bucks. So I, I peeled off all the individual stickers until I got to the original sticker price of $99.99. And it's really, really funny. Now, again, keep in mind that this is in Canada and we don't know. I mean, it would really depend on, on what the US dollar was at at that particular point in time and so on and so forth. But Stephen's right. I mean, games were very, very, very expensive back then. And we've sort of forgotten about that. And I went through, and I have it actually right here. If I just go to Glorious Amazon, and I want to show you guys. Um, let's, let's just look around, okay? So we're going to look around for some games here. So you've got games that are are thirty nine ninety nine, twenty nine ninety nine. You know, you you got games all 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 in that sort of price range, and then you jump up and you you have oh they've lowered it oh what a so sad. And this was something actually that Stephen had had already said um, was the fact that you know he was like I guarantee you that you know the, the it they're going to lower the prices. He's like, there's no way, but super Mario odyssey, for example, right. Was 99.99. It was, and now it's at 79.99. So, okay. That's good news. Um, but yeah, there was a whole bunch of different games that were all at 99.99. They have all since been lowered down to 79.99. So that's fantastic. All right, good. That's actually very good. Well, that kind of ruins that entire topic. But um, what's going on with that is is more, I guess, what we could discuss. And it's kind of peculiar, to be really honest with you. Because why why were all those games, all the newly announced games at E3, they, were, they all had a list price of $99.99. Again, only in Canada. And I thought that was really, really, really bizarre. And I'm glad to see them all go down. And Stephen Evan mentioned that that had happened with another game. I forget. It's some game that he was interested in, um, where it would, the list price was like ridiculous. And then it had gone, it had gone down. And, um, it's just, it's strange that the, the prices are so high. So I can't really talk about that now because that just got all like blown up in my face. But let's switch it to say, what do you guys think about the Switch Premium? And that you have seen where games are like 10 bucks more expensive on Switch than they are, say, on PS4 and or Xbox One. So what do you guys think about that? Are you are you all super pissed with that? Is that something where you're like, what's, man, what's up with that? Or are you okay? And I mean, it makes a lot of sense. Realistically, these cartridges are a lot more expensive to make than Blu-ray discs at this particular point in time. And of course, as the Switch continues to sell units and more and more and more games are sold, well then obviously the prices of manufacturing these little cards will get cheaper and cheaper and cheaper. So right now, I mean, I'm honestly for the benefits I get of being able to take this on the go, to play this on a plane, to, you know, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Um, that's really good. Like, I really, really, really like that. Hey, and speaking of which, I don't, I didn't mention this. I actually purchased a switch for work for our uh, social committee. So 
I, um, I donated it to the social committee to try and help them generate some, uh, some revenue and also to make someone very, very happy. And hopefully it's going to be a parent that wins it. So for their kids, they can give them a really awesome Christmas. I think that'll be, that'll be really, really nice. Felt good doing that. And so, yeah, so I mean, I, I'm good with the, the, the little price hike as of right now. I understand that the graphic fidelity isn't going to be as high as PS4 and Xbox One, especially particularly like with the television, um, you know, it, it, the, in other words, it's a portable system. So taking it on the go, naturally, it's not going to, uh, to look as good as what you're seeing on the PS4 and the Xbox One. But the fact that I can play it both like on both my television and on the go is a really big deal to me. And it's, it's something that I'm certainly willing to pay for that. So next up we have, what's the deal with square Enix is final fantasy seven remake ever going to come out. What about kingdom hearts three besides dragon quest? They don't, they don't seem to have a plan. Okay. Yeah. This is a really, really interesting one for, um, for square Enix fans in particular. And that's, that's me. I am a big square Enix fan. Over the years, I mean, their their two primary giant series, Final Fantasy and Dragon Quest, are like two of my favorite series. So it's funny that you know what is going on over there, and I don't know what's going on over there. Final Fantasy VII remake is in, they're saying now that it's going to be developed internally. One would assume that Final Fantasy sixteen is in some some phase or state of planning, because if not, well, that's really stupid. Final Fantasy 15 took 27 years to to make that I don't know what the hell is going on. So I know right now that they're still working on the DLC for for Final Fantasy 15. Um, I finished that game and have never returned to it since any of the DLC except for, no, the first set. The first set of DLC I played and then that was pretty much it. I have not gone back for any of the other stuff. Ooh, excuse me. Um, so there's that. So... I mean, I guess that's something that they're working on. Of course, Final Fantasy XIV still having expansions and all that. For those that don't know, that's the massively multiplayer online RPG one. And uh, and what else have we got? So Final Fantasy VII Remake, like I said, they've brought that internal now. there's No one knows what the hell's going on with that. Okay, I'll leave it like that. Kingdom Hearts 3 seems to be, seems to be chugging along. It's just I don't get... Like, what's going on with it? Uh, I mean, they announced these things years and years and years and years and years way too early. So I don't, I don't really get it, to be really honest with you guys. I truly don't understand what, what is actually going on with these particular games. But it seems like the company has, you know, the Zodiac Age was just released. Um, I believe that was last week. I've got, uh, what, 50 billion mobile games that I know of. Um, that they're working on right now, lots and lots and lots of mobile stuff. If you pay any attention to Droid or iOS, you know that Square Enix has a large presence on those particular platforms. And especially in Japan, it looks like they're just continuing to move into that direction. Looks like we've got the sequel to I Am Setsuna. I forget what the heck's called, Lost Sphere or something like that. Um, that too, that looks interesting actually, to be honest. I actually pre-ordered that because it looks really, really good. I'm looking forward to that one. I actually, I'm one of these guys that really enjoyed I Am Setsuna. I know there were others that were like, eh, it was alright, and this and that. But I really enjoyed it, so I'm looking forward to that. I know they're working on that. Um, there's a few other things that they're working on, but it just doesn't seem... Like, I don't know what else, what other huge things. I know a few things here and there, but... 
I mean, Dragon Quest right now, of course, that's going to be their primary focus because it's going to be the probably the number one selling game in Japan uh, this year. So, I mean, it makes sense. It makes total sense for them to uh, to be really focusing on that. But what about over here? Because over here, they're not focusing on Dragon Quest. Clearly, we don't even know if Dragon Quest Eleven is even going to be released here. I'm hoping it is, but uh, I'm not taking any chance. Why I'm picking up the uh, picking up the glorious import, which I'm really, really, really looking forward to. But yeah, it's it's very, very interesting to see what is what is actually happening with this particular um, particular company. So I don't know. I really don't know what what's up. To be honest, I don't know. I'm trying to uh, figure out right now. If they have any plans, any secret stuff that they're working on. I mean, there's so much stuff that I would love to see. I'd love to see the return of Vagrant Story. I'd love to see uh, something like Parasite Eve make a comeback. Like, there's just so much stuff I'd like to see. Even Front Mission and all this stuff. But I'm just so worried that they'll go the Valkyrie Profile route and uh, just throw that on mobile and, and be done with it. So... We'll see. Well, we'll have to see what happens, but I'm I'm not sure what the company is doing right now, to be honest. All right, I guess that's a good segue into our next topic, which is my top five RPGs of all time. 2017 edition. So, as you guys know, Stephen likes to do top five lists, top ten lists. I was really surprised that he only wanted me to do a top five list, but whatever. Okay, that's fine. So, a couple of things, um, like I always do. This is my opinion, not yours. And I'm going to exclude stuff like action RPGs, because we could do like a top five list of action RPGs. Not going to include like Diablo and stuff like that, um obviously or like uh, a link to the past uh, stuff like that okay i'm 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 purposely i'm excluding those type of franchises i'm limiting this to essentially one game per franchise so i'm not going to list off you know like final fantasy 6 and 5 and 4 and 3 and 2 like no i'm going to leave that like that i'm excluding massively multiplayer online uh, rpgs so no world of warcraft or anything like that so basically what I'm looking at are essentially traditional RPGs, modern day RPGs, so your stuff like Skyrim and things like that, and of course classic JRPGs. Alright, now, we shall begin with number 5, which is probably going to be the most surprising, uh, at least to Steven, I don't know about to all of you guys, but to Steven this is probably going to warp his fragile little mind, and for 2017, at least right now from what I can think, I'm going to mention Pokemon Yellow. Pokemon Yellow was my real first introduction to the Pokemon series, what, last year I think it was, or the year before, or whenever, whenever it was that uh, it was made available on the 3DS uh, eShop. So it could be five years ago now, for all I know. Um, and I was just amazed by how much I really enjoyed the game. Oh, the little cat saying hello. And, uh, yeah, I was just really, really, really surprised. I always thought this was like a kiddie game, never really gave it a shot. Steven bought me literally like every game in the franchise for years and years and years. Now he's a big cheap ass, so he doesn't buy me uh, anything anymore. And um, 
yeah, so Pokemon uh, Pokemon Yellow, my number five, really, really enjoyed it. Had a really, like I said, a shocking time. I actually got all the different Pokemon. I completed the Pokedex, and I never imagined that I was going to do something like that. My number four is the Mass Effect trilogy. Now, wait a minute, you say. You're supposed to pick one game in a franchise. Well, I view those really as a giant game. All of them, you know, it's it's one one main series of, of games. Three different games, yes, okay. If I had to pick one over the others, I really don't know. To be honest, maybe two, maybe three. I don't know. I wasn't one of these people that were like, oh, the ending is garbage, the worst thing ever, man. I wasn't one of those people. Um, in terms of gameplay mechanics, I think the second and third one, you know, they, they eclipsed what was done in the original. But all three of these games came together to form just an unbelievably breathtaking, phenomenal role-playing experience. Hopping around the galaxy and universe, rather. And just really, really cool how your decisions and the relationships that you made from one game carried over into the other. It was like... It was really a culmination of all the different things that BioWare had worked on for the previous generation had all come together into this like grand opus and just a really phenomenal, fantastic game, really an incredible RPG and certainly one that I can easily recommend to uh, to everyone. I have not tried uh, Mass Effect Andromeda as of yet. But, um, but yeah, so Mass Effect trilogy. And I'll say right now that that's pretty much the only more modern, um, role playing game that made this list. And I think the reason why is because for all your Skyrims, your Elder Scrolls and all that sort of stuff, um, and like The Witcher and all that, I have not played very many of these. I haven't experienced all, all that many. I, I like JRPGs and, and the mechanics behind them. So, okay, what was that? So that was number four. So number three is Super Mario RPG. I think it was Legend of the Seven Stars or something like that. Um, that game was really something. I was a huge fan of the Mario series back when that was released. And it was just so cool because it was taking what I loved about Final Fantasy and Dragon Quest and sort of slapping it with Super Mario. Like it was the coolest thing ever. And to this day, that game holds up unbelievably well. And the fact that that's going to be on the SNES Classic or Mini or whatever you want to call it, that, that, just that game alone is reason enough to purchase the, uh, the, the system. So number two, well, number two, I had to decide. And every year I, I make the decision where I'm like, okay, well, which Final Fantasy is it going to be? Is it going to be Final Fantasy VI or is it going to be Final Fantasy VII? And I love how people are always like clamoring and complaining about Final Fantasy VII. It was the beginning of the end. Ruined the franchise, man. But for me, it was everything... Everything about that game was special for its time. Not like having a perfect translation. All those incredible FMV videos, all the marketing around it was really, really something. And then with Final Fantasy VI, you had Kefka. You had literally like the best of the best audiovisual experience that was possible on the Super Nintendo. And it was just, it was just this breathtaking thing, you know? And now I look at it and I'm like, well, for today, I'm going to go with seven. And I usually do lean towards seven because of everything, all the nostalgia that I had at that particular point in time. 
And so that's that. So that leaves us with one. And before I go and jump in and like, what is my number one? I just wanted to mention that you may be surprised that, well, where's the Dragon Quest games? Where's Dragon Quest eight? And where's uh, Dragon Quest, you know, like three? And where's Dragon Quest four or Dragon Quest five or Dragon Quest six or Dragon Quest ten? Ten was excluded on purpose because of the rules with the no uh, MMOs. But this year, I wanted to really spice it up. I wanted to do things a little bit differently and, 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 this is what I was feeling this year. But if we had a top 10, for sure, there would have been a Dragon Quest in there. There's no question about that. So what's number one? Well, number one is my typical number one. It's my go-to RPG. It's the RPG that blew my mind. It was the dream team that's never, ever been repeated. And that's Chrono Trigger. Chrono Trigger is the game, guys. That really is the game. And I didn't mention um, with Final Fantasy VI, but that is also going to be on the Super Nintendo Classic. So that's yet another reason to purchase it. Now, unfortunately, Chrono Trigger will not be making the cut. And that really is an unfortunate uh, omission. And I understand they didn't want it to be, you know, too, like, top-heavy with RPGs. But really, that is an RPG to include. Because Chrono Trigger, for its time, was light years ahead of its time. You, They did away with classic random encounters. You could see your enemies. They had combo systems. They had just, like, an unbelievable amount, a plethora of multiple endings and time travel. And it was just an unbelievable experience and it brought together the makers of dragon quest and final fantasy and it really was the dream team and to this day that game holds up so unbelievably perfectly well that it it kind of amazes me that more people haven't copied you know these gameplay mechanics that were introducing chrono trigger i am satsuna was like one of the first ones that i can think of that actually copied a lot of the mechanics and and yes it wasn't perfect but I don't know why more people don't follow what they did. and Because it was like, it really was like the perfect RPG. So I'd be curious with you guys, what is your RPG, like your top five RPGs of all time? All right, so we're wrapping up here. We're getting to the end, and I'm only half an hour. Oh, no, but that's okay. Like I said, next time we'll have uh, we'll have more people, so we'll be able to have a more full podcast. But the last thing I wanted to mention was about the Castlevania show, which was absolutely superb. It was a four-episode show. It was so successful that the day it aired, they announced that season two was already confirmed, that already ordered eight more episodes. So that's great. It's going to be twice as big. But I was curious to know um, if you guys were interested in any other shows like that not necessarily like overly bloody or anything but like you know dark and gritty and for me it was like man metroid would be awesome like that again not not super violent and and necessarily like that but just like that it would it would it would translate itself well to an anime type of uh, platform because of that feeling of isolation it wouldn't necessarily be much talking or dialogue i don't know how that would work necessarily with a live action movie but with an anime, it could work really, really well. And of course, feel free to disagree or feel free to add your uh, your own two cents. But yeah, so um, really, really enjoyed that fantastic show on Netflix. Certainly worth uh, worth checking out if you have not uh, already done so. It's about an hour and a half or so for the entire series. So I'm really hoping that someone at Konami wakes up and realizes, hmm, maybe we could do something with this. Because I, I just don't understand. I mean, they released a Bomberman on Switch and it's sold like hundreds of thousands of copies and everyone's like, oh, wow, 
how that happened. And it's because, well, it happened because people are interested in these type of games. If they released a, a Castlevania on the Switch, which, you know, knowing knowing Konami, they would release it digitally uh, on the PS4, PC, and Xbox One, and then ditch the Switch because that seems to be the... Uh, Seems to be what people are doing these days, which is kind of odd considering how well the system is selling, but whatever. Um, but all joking aside there, I really do hope that we get a new Castlevania game. Give me a 2D Castlevania game. Put it on the 3DS, put it on the Switch, put it on any platform you want. Digital, physical, I don't really care. I just want to have another Castlevania game. It's been way too long. And I had mentioned this in the video that I had done, that I don't understand why they don't just like digitally package Castlevania 3, Castlevania uh, Symphony of the Night, and Rondo of Blood. Put those three games together, slap it on uh, on all the eShops, digital services, PlayStation Network, uh, PlayStation Store, and Xbox Live, and, and you know, slap a $30 price tag on it, and you will sell like a million of those things. So I don't know, um, I don't know what the hell they're thinking, and I'm really hoping that they... They get to it because I miss having my Castlevania games. I really, really do. So that's pretty much going to be it for today, ladies and gentlemen. I hope you enjoyed, and I hope you enjoy the footage you're seeing, just me messing around with Zelda and exploring, trying to find Korok seeds. But uh, yeah, be sure to leave a comment and let me know what are your top five RPGs of all time. And outside that, uh, I wish you all a good day. Thanks for listening. And uh, next time when we come back in two weeks, we should have another co-host, which would be really great. All right. Thanks for watching. Thanks for listening. And thanks for being here. Take care, everyone.